Yeah, okay. anybody that wants to get like the just a good overview, um, I definitely recommend reading The Devil Wears Tashikis. Um, yeah. You know, from this it is written by like, people who left the organization and describe it. Basically, it sounds like it's, they say, uh, like many details of daily life at the core of the Black Hammer organization sound unbelievable, like a bad movie script around a new age cult from the 60s, only mm-hmm. updated with Gen Z communist slogans and some of the worst features of left Twitter. But that's only because of the dramatic bent of Commander-in-Chief Ghazi, who seems to know no limit when brutalizing, quote, comrades with tested cult techniques, as long as it means more clout, more money, and a good show for the tube. Uh, this is bizarre. For example, there are reported soul contracts that are exactly how they sound and are signed in a special room at gunpoint. Legal names, addresses, workplaces, social security numbers, all are extracted by the same violent means since owning somebody's soul is not enough. There's exploitation of members' sexuality for financial gain and to build up the org's membership, known in cult studies as flirty fishing. There are shroom-induced journeys in the, quote, spaceship, a room where mm-hmm. live-in cult members receive mandatory instruction in the commander's played and disordered worldview. There are hallucinatory camping trips to Hammer City in the Colorado Rockies, smeared across with hunger and frostbite, with poisoning, with gun threats from whites, and all of it inspired by naive group screenings of Wild Wild Country on Netflix. I guess they they like watched that and he got like inspired by Wild Wild Country to be like, I yeah, want to do what is, Rajneeshi did. Yeah, exactly. He would make them watch like screenings of Wild Wild Country as like a model, apparently. But uh, yeah. this is you know, like a, uh, interesting thing, you know, they're talking about this article, um, you know, talking about like his revolutionary background, you know, how he was in the, like what was mentioned in the question, like the Uhuru solidarity movement. Um, this is, you know, uh, pictures from the smile tone blog, you know, this is smile tone Romain's previous online persona, a driven yet spastic and unappealing YouTuber an aspiring actor who was based not in Atlanta, but in Hollywood. Pictures from the Smile Tone blog depict the lifestyle of a pseudo-celebrity in Hello Kitty glasses, a person who feels entirely at home with the rich and powerful Glitterati, who is more than comfortable in all-white spaces. Mansion parties schmoozing and run-ins with celebs take up most of the blog's space, which spans from 2011 to 2013. That is, through much of Romaine's mid-20s, based on their real age as established above. So I guess they they lie, they lie about it. They yeah, say they're younger right. than they are. Yeah. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, anti-colonial activist Ghazi Kodzo and their mid-20s uh, gushing over the mansion party they put together with their boss who runs the Blaze Modeling Agency. All right, so Wednesday night, as some of you may or may not know, I don't know uh, how you don't. I've been talking about it forever. I was on TV. So my boss and I put together a little party. It was a huge party at one of her friend's mansions in Beverly Hills. It was lavish. I'm going to stop talking and start posting pics because that's what y'all want anyways, LOL. So yeah, there's just like pics of him like snuggling like a bunch of like rich white women at this party yeah yeah he's like hanging out with models and posting uh, picture inspirational quotes from winston churchill. winston churchill if you're going through hell keep going um, yeah i bet yeah. he believes in that yeah uh, yeah drag hadn't discovered the little red book hell. yet apparently yeah yeah it, yeah it says this bougie blog tells a very different story from the african fundamentalist journey on uh wikitea i i guess where it was claimed yeah. that uh, the entirety of Ghazi's political work prior to Black Hammer revolved around anti-colonialism and that they began sharpening their political skills and outlook in their early 20s. Yet this would mean that by the time of the Mansion Party, Ghazi was already an experienced anti-colonial activist. <laughs> in that case, we would have to believe that an African revolutionary was coordinating Beverly Hills Mansion Parties with their ex-model boss and squealing because it landed them on TV. That this activist somehow felt that imperialist America is blessed because their YouTube views have grown. Unless Smile Tone 
was the spook who sat by the mansion door. This Wikitia uh, entry is clearly a tissue of lies. I think, didn't it say there, like, that he, didn't he brag at some point that his dad was, like, friends with George Bush? <laughs> I think I he did. Like, that, on his probably. blog. Let, let I would see. believe it, yeah. He, I think he wrote that on his blog. There it is. Okay. Maybe the lies can be excused as the products of simple embarrassment. Um, blah, blah, blah. A revolutionary who cannot be honest about their age, their prior locations and activities, or their real level of political consciousness before joining any movement is easily an agent for chaos. They could be a police or fed plant. They could be a con artist looking to bite strategies and slogans and claim them as their own. They could be lying on their age to more easily manipulate young folks for any number of unsettling reasons. They could be covering up histories of abuse or wrecker activity in other cities and states in other years or decades. But there are still more dangers locked in that back room with old smile tone. For instance, there is the testimony from several former Black Hammer members, including both uh, Savvy and Gia, hopefully I'm saying that right, that within the organization, Ghazi would openly discuss their former life as a, quote, Hollywood pimp, less glamorously an exploiter of other sexual labor. Then there is Romaine Sr.'s bourgeois class position and dangerous ties to the state. The fact, as Ghazi sometimes boasts with typical lack of awareness, that, quote, my daddy is friends with George Bush. This should be a highly alarming claim to any security-minded organizer with past or present ties to Ghazi's activities. So, yeah, I mean, he eventually kind of put himself into uh, various, like, uh, like the African People's Socialist Party and other groups like that um, mm-hmm. in, like, the 2010s mm-hmm. after his his Hollywood escapades. But then he, like, broke off from the... It sounds like he did a bunch of, like, wrecking, splitting behavior and then claimed all those people were, like, COINTELPRO. And I'm not saying definitively... I don't know enough about the groups that he, like, joined and attacked to know whether they were or they weren't. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like it when <laughs> he sounds like fucking COINTELPRO. Um, yeah, I mean, and uh, says he was a like pimp and a modeling agent. Of like, yeah, like some of the stories like about like being inside like the uh, like Hammer City and like all that stuff are like truly insane. Those like, do feel like Jonestown. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's borderline jonestown stuff like the gun stuff like i'm trying to find like that uh chapter of this uh, i remember like reading this and just being like agog at like how deep it got maybe it was in uh part two no there's there like there's three? like you know mushroom trips there's kind of like you know restricting people's food and sleep and making them work like nonstop. he encourages members to set up only fans accounts and then like divert all the money to the organization so he's mm-hmm. almost like cyber pimping out um yeah like you know usually like younger members and stuff like that yeah like and then just a lot of like threatening yeah doxing. he encouraged people to start only fans uh and stuff like and you know he just wanted to like buy like weed for himself like this is outrageous uh the hypocrisy in black hammer organization truly has no end it includes use of patriarchal forms of sexuality and objectification to recruit new members even going so far as to suggest you create an nsfw only fans account to fund the cult 
Gossi would never outright say they want someone to do sex work, but he would say that people should make an OnlyFans and do sex work to fund the organization under their own consent, she said. Savvy echoed this, uh, saying that the organization outreach took shape in the form of dressing up provocatively and going out to clubs and bars in Atlanta. Gazi encouraged cult members to flirt with the public to recruit members as well as purchase marijuana for them. Initially, Gazi did not have access to Black Hammer's accounts, which were held in trust by the Office of Economic Development. However, as the org grew and Ghazi's power expanded within it, they would use their stooges in the Ministry of Defense to change all that, forcing the ICC to hand over the accounts at gunpoint. The picture that Savvy paints here is of a fairly sophisticated racketeering operation held up by a highly authoritarian cult structure whose supreme leader identified their own interests as with those of the organization. Blackhammer took extraordinary members to make young people fully dependent on the org, ostensibly to achieve a post-colonial utopia, but really to draw in more dollars for the avaricious leader. And the biggest financial draw, the one that energized the most of the membership and unaffiliated black and third world people fed up with Corona and cops and landlords, was Hammer City, the land for which was falsely advertised as being purchased in Colorado in early May 2021. Uh, so to raise even more money before the land purchase was finalized, Black Hammer began posting videos and uploading photos of camping expeditions on the rich soil of their patch of land in the Colorado Rockies. Uh, according to Savvy, the reality of the Hammer City, Colorado was less like a black utopia than an episode of Black Survivor. I went to the last trip to the land before we lost the land. I was staying with the North Carolina chapter at the time. I got off the plane at 11 p.m. By 3 a.m. I had to be back up so that we could make the six-hour drive up to the mountain. As they got closer to the site, the riders were blindfolded, reportedly for security reasons, but probably so the surrounding area could not be memorized in case an escape was made by foot. Once they arrived, Savvy discovered that Ghazi's dictatorship over the colonized was only a poisoned-induced fever dream. We almost died in the land, Savvy claims without a hint of exaggeration. I thought they packed up everything. We were supposed to have all kinds of supplies for living out there. We got out there. We didn't have enough firewood. We didn't have water. We had to go to a hotel room to get some water. We didn't have enough food, so we had to go down to the bottom of the mountain to get food in the third day. We didn't shower for five days. Savvy had regretted that Hammer City land purchase was for territory in the Rockies because the original plan had been for a plot of fertile land in the more inviting climate of Florida or in Georgia. Instead, she found herself 10,000 feet in the air in the most extreme climate I've ever been in in my life. It was scorching hot in the day and deathly cold at night. According to Savvy, she suffered frostbite from exposure to the night air due to the lack of firewood and adequate camping equipment. But her worst affliction was due to the unresearched suggestion approved by Ghazi that the Hammers substitute mugwort for firewood. Savvy was told that mugwort had spiritual properties, that burning it would induce powerful dreams according to unspecified indigenous medical knowledge. This was the part of the story that I thought was going to be the most crazy, but it's not even. Instead, the hammers became frighteningly sick from handling and inhaling fumes from the poisonous plant, which contains thujone, a chemical compound that is toxic in high doses. Several comrades passed out from the mugwort smoke, including Savvy. One of her hands also developed an allergic reaction, swelling up to four times itself. The whole ordeal left her hand with a bleeding, oozing rash for weeks after the trip's end. Even after they returned, though, Ghazi still expected Savvy to perform routine manual labor for the org, her hand still in that condition. Since Ghazi's sadism knows no bounds, once she left the organization, they would post a picture of Savvy's swollen and bleeding hand on Twitter with none of the above context in order to make fun of her looks. But the most symbolic moment of Hammer City's failure was his inability to defend its people from the threat of armed whites. One day, while they were cooking a meager breakfast and discussing Mao, an older white man with a sawed-off rifle pulled up on the armed encampment. The white dude starts yelling about our cars being in the middle of the road. Then he pulls out a gun. 
Our defense team was soft as cotton. They let him pull out a gun and tell them to put theirs down, and they did. We had to have a huge self-credit for that situation. The security of the entire Hammer City project, in fact, had been compromised by Ghazi themselves, who insisted on letting the whole world know through the internet, uh, flexing that Black Hammer was in San Miguel County, including white supremacists in the nearby town. And one of their mm. patented strokes of unreality, Ghazi decided the best solution to this problem would be to bring in white members of the Black Hammer Reparations Corps uh, to infiltrate the nearby town and politically neutralize them as a threat to Hammer City. This strategy, of course, is familiar from the neo Senyasin cult's infiltration of the town of Antelope, Oregon in 1982 in order to overwhelm the votes of its small local population and expand the power of neighboring Rajneesh Param. This plan was detailed at length in the celebrated Wild Wild Country docuseries on Netflix, which Black Hammer members were bizarrely interested to watch as political education for the Hammer City Project. Ghazi had obviously intended to stay in San Miguel County to wage their own Sheila-style campaign of defiance against county residents. But unlike Black Hammer, the Rajneeshias had millions of dollars, several thousand followers worldwide, and years of experience running an intentional community overseas in Pune, India, going into the Rajneesh Param experiment. Importantly, too, they had a keen grasp on the niceties of the law. Though Savvy confirms that a down payment on the Hammer City land was made, it was not secured and the owners decided to pull out at the last minute. At that point, Hammer City had become a highly publicized and illegal squat. This is when the cops got involved and were supposed to be coming to the campsite to remove the hammers by force. In a last display of eccentricity or cowardice, Ghazi decided to retreat into the woods where a makeshift shelter was constructed for them and a few close companions to hide out, while Savvy and the rest of the hammers stood by in the sleeting rain, waiting for well-armed sheriff deputies to arrive. Ultimately, the San Miguel County Sheriff Department chose to expel the hammers less dramatically with a polite yet firm phone call recorded by an officer and shared to social media. So, so they they moved to a place that had a bunch of like white supremacists, like a rural nearby. Part of told everyone then, where they were, and then and got a bunch of like, like white. It was also apparently like an incredibly go. inhospitable environment that was. Yeah, like, I, I mean, remember if you reading saw about the videos that the of them. Like trying it, to set up Hammer City, it, it was at like. a level of elevation where like you couldn't really grow any agriculture. So it was yeah. like right off the bat, it was like, yeah, it's gonna be like self-sustaining. And it's like, wait, why did you guys buy like like that's why the land they bought was like so cheap because like it you don't probably don't have any like water access. There's no way to grow like no crops will grow up there. <laughs> it's just like it just seemed like this thing that was like headed for like failure and like disaster one way or another. But it mm-hmm. was it was briefly I remember a lot of people saying at the time, like, oh, this seems like Jonestown 2.0. I guess it just kind of fell apart. So thankfully, um, well, that and then all this did. stuff started coming out. I mean, yeah, he's still going. Black I mean, Hammer like, continued. Yeah, yeah. Like this article goes on to say, uh, in fact, despite all their talk of the colonized proletariat and committing class suicide, Ghazi had all the airs of a Hollywood big shot treating their staff like the worst finger snapping celebrity boss. As chief of staff, Savvy had to serve as Ghazi's personal assistant, drug mule, domestic servant, unpaid therapist, and emotional punching bag. In the morning, she was expected to lay out their unlabeled drug pills, bring them water, prepare their coffee and breakfast, create agendas for them, and reach out to comrades they wanted to meet with for that day. I had to carry around their caffeine and shroom pills for regular dosing on my person at all times, Savvy explains. When asked why she uses scare quotes to describe the caffeine pills, Savvy clarifies that these pills came from an unlabeled container so that she doesn't know what they really are. Oh, my God. Uh, Wait, hold also, on a second. Because remember, yeah, and we, we talked about Charles Manson. The defense has fed a regular diet of these pills to keep them in a constant state of sleep-deprived, excitable activity. 
Uh, Wasn't yeah. it like, you know, basically the model that was worked out, like chaos talks about this and the Manson family was like the combo of amphetamines and LSD. So it's yeah. like they could be taking, it sounds maybe it like sounds they were taking like some kind was, of Adderall yeah, and then definitely, yeah. microdosing mm-hmm. shrooms every day. Yeah. Which my God, that has become a big thing um, right now. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I mean, that just makes it so much easier. That's such a lubricant to building an insane cult. Yes, be like sure. Everybody has to microdose every day. Yeah, and it seems like they were, like, under the pretense that it was some kind of, like, indigenous practice of, like, you know, revolutionary healing or whatever. They would just, like, burn mugwort and, like, pass out. Yeah, there was a video. Did you, you remember that video? I linked it in the workflow where he's dancing around with Joker makeup on his oh, face, yeah. like, screaming well, about uh, fucking Frank. And then he claimed it was an African yeah, ritual. Right, so if you African criticized it, you were yeah. uh, anti-African. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's like nothing. It, it is interesting because it doesn't it looks like that was just a bullshit excuse they said after the fact. But they did say that it was like basically to invoke like an African trickster deity, which mm-hmm. like if that is what he was doing um, is also not saying like like all African folk deities are like a sus, obviously. But like a, there are sus ones like that's part of the whole like there are trickster, you know, spirits or like, you know. Uh, people that you could uh, yeah you could summon, I mean, and he seems like quite mm-hmm. a, tri- a trickster himself. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. know like what I I'm sure I, he doesn't I'm know anything. That, like I wouldn't put that on any kind of like African deity or ancestral spirit. Like no, at for all. sure. I feel for like sure. if he's invoking anything, it's like the COINTELPRO like jinn or something. Like it's not yeah. like you know. <laughs> yeah, like I think that he's like. A complete fraud, basically. I would I say that like his knowledge of anything like that would mm-hmm. probably be like pretty close to nil. Uh, he just seems like an egomaniac. But um, this is weird. Here, um, it says in part three, uh, these days BHO is a shivering shell of its old self. Savvy estimates there may be two dozen active members in the whole country, a considerable drop from its peak membership of several hundred. The old sources of external revenue have mostly dried up since everyone in the U.S. left knows what's up with that fool Ghazi now. Most of the remaining membership is concentrated in the Atlanta Hammer House, where Ghazi and their hostages are reportedly on the verge of eviction. In the latest streams, Augustus Romaine looks haggard, confused, angry, and frightened, and they should be. If these accusations are all true, they have left a trail of abuse at least as long as any of the destructive cults that have recently garnered national attention, such as Nexium or Love Has Won, and they have done so before the really big payday. Now, this part's interesting. Each week, it seems, another hostage in the Hammer House manages to escape. Our writers recently spoke with one escapee who claims that they were basically a domestic servant for Ghazi, and Kodzo would punish them for unsatisfactory work by denying them hospital visits, leading to the degeneration of their lifelong physical illness. Another hostage is the child of a former U.S. State Department official. Still another Uh. is the child of a prominent Democratic attorney in the state of Kentucky. There we go with Kentucky again. Uh, it's like Augustus uh, Housley Stanley the sixth is like being held hostage. There. Um, okay, so that's um, weird. That's weird that he's got some like relatively like okay because that's an interesting thing about um, what he did is I guess he alienated a lot of the actual black and indigenous people that had joined, you know, right. around when they were at their peak, and then he sort of like flipped the script, and I think originally he like banned white people from being in his org but then mm. i think he started saying well like if you can prove you have like native american yeah, ancestry by, like, like, Warren, a bunch of money like and give me yeah. money uh then i'll let you in but then he just started surrounding himself with all these white people like you know yeah. probably naive like 
white leftists who, yeah. you know, and apparently some from, uh, you know, uh, connected or the child of a former State Department official. So I don't know. It's like like Washington kids or you know, prominent Democratic attorney in the state of Kentucky. So, you know, I mean, again, we get into the, the whole thing of the online like left being like yeah. these are kind of like petty bouge kids that got sucked into the cult um, yeah. and are being held I mean, hostage amazing. by this maniac. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's, but yeah, that's it's often really, who gets sucked into cults often. Yeah, it's like absolutely. you want people with like college degrees and like a, like that's what the Rajneeshis did and really like pioneered is like they had very they had a pretty like upper middle class, almost like PMC kind of following. And if you look at Nexium, they got both the Bronfman sisters. Yeah, for sure. You know, on that shit. And like and a, a bunch, bunch of, of celebs. Yeah. Bunch of um, celebs. Exactly. So the, you want people that have some like social capital or clout or something like that that are respected by like wider society because then you mm -hmm. can kind of like you can mold them kind of get them you know make them your puppet and then send them back out in the world and they can like do stuff for you like yeah. like they can be like a Tulsi Gabbard you know and like float yeah. around like yeah so I mean but I feel like Ghazi ultimately seems like he was dismal at it though I feel like he could have built something more sustainable if he were a bit more stable but I don't know, maybe it's like all like maybe it's more of a shit coat type operation, you know? Well, like OK, I want to bring like that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's like, one point I, I do want to bring up. But like before we move on is because the, the basis of his new uh, strategic alliance is literally <laughs> right, like yes. red brown alliance with the Proud Boys um, guess, is yeah. their opposition to vaccine mandates. Now, mm -hmm. this kind of pains. I was just um. I was just talking to somebody, uh, to a listener actually at, uh, a party last weekend and, uh, you know, they were kind of bringing up how the, how nobody on the left, like the left, like most of the left has completely abandoned, especially that the radical, like Marxist left has totally abandoned taking a side or not even taking a side, but like, like resisting the whole vaccine mandate like you're gonna lose your job if you don't fucking get the jab and like trust dr fauci like most of the kind of like sock dem left or like dsa left is just like totally on board with that and like totally against like these anti-vaxxers need to fuck off and uh this guy i was talking to was saying like that's like it feels like such a missed opportunity so then it's like i log on today and I see who's the only force on like the radical left that is actually standing up against like vaccine mandates. It's fucking Ghazi and he's uniting with the proud boys. <laughs> like, God damn it. Yeah. It just felt like, okay, wow. Okay. They're shit coding it now. So now like nobody can do yeah, that I because mean, maybe you're, it is like, I mean, maybe it is like all and off to like shit code it. Like it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I will admit that I'm like one of those people who like, even though I am like not I'm definitely like not about like uh, the mandate, like I agree with what they said, you know, like what they all said before, which is that like we don't want to mandate it. Although, as I said in our episode, like I get why that gets to people like that. They feel like there's no alternative like as well. Like I understand that psychology about it, but like I like some of like I do feel like that there I mean maybe it's because of like ideas that have been seeded like within that uh discourse which you know something that we've talked about in the past like I uh, as a possibility like you know I find like a lot of the discussion around it to be like frustrating and like just you know or like not like uh, effective or like based on like weird sh like you know just full of like crap about like you know, uh, like new age shit or like poor research stuff, like not really like well uh, grounded, like criticism. I think that's like rampant 
in like the anti-vax like or you know whatever the vaccine resistant discourse in a way where it's just like you know there's no sensible voices uh there which i i do find it to be frustrating i mean i find it to be frustrating again as like you know also about like the pro-vax like sort of mindless like uh obedience like amnesia well, yeah of, i was just like, gonna say that there was ever any kind of like you know not to like both changes. sides of it, but i feel like at this point um no because they're really i mean i feel like both positions are being like pushed to like the most radical yeah i mean it might just be possible. because like you know uh being on the podcast and everything like i feel like in like in terms of what i encounter online like uh you know i feel like yeah like people who i work with uh, but who I don't interact with very much, uh, ironically, due to like the, you know, uh, the, the lockdowns and the, and the virus and like, you know, uh, but like I feel like in general, uh, like people I see online are like more sympathetic to like the anti mandate position, which like, you know, definitely like I agree broadly with like not wanting the mandate. But I also feel like, you know, there's just a lot of like bullshit that I like see circulating that just like turns me off. Of well, that. this would be a prime just, like, example of that, up. wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like yeah. Gazi jumping on board with Gavin. Yeah, fucking exactly. McGinnis. Are you kidding me? And yeah. like, we have to align with people should align with. This is the guy that was like literally like calling Anne Frank a Becky. And now he's like teaming up with like praising Gavin McGinnis. <laughs> like, fuck off. You know, like it's and the idea that somehow like we all have to uh, become reactionaries now because of this one issue and because of like the way the political battle lines have been drawn that like you can't be anti mandate without having to make an alliance with like the fucking proud boys or tucker or yeah, anything like talk that. about like, like people who must be like yeah, as you said like they're also cops like who the fuck is in the proud boys anymore like if the proud boys were actually like you know serious about like their opposition why would they be like you know everyone knows like as you said everyone knows it's up with gazi kazo like it's not just like you know that meme of like what the globalists fear the most, like the black guy like fist bumping with the the white guy with the Confederate flag or whatever, you know, like these. <laughs> well, like that these seems to be where like they're at like right Jonestown now. Jonestown cult, like what the hell, like you know. Uh, but I think a lot of people, what what's kind of fucked up is that there's a, a lot of people on the ground right now that are like like leftist type people that uh, are for a variety of reasons are you know uh, anywhere from anti mandate to just like anti this vaccine is like sus and like, I don't trust Fauci. Um, but there's like no organized, like there's nowhere for them to go. And I think maybe they feel like they have to take whatever allies they can get because people being like locked out of their jobs right now. So it's like, even if it's like reluctant to be like, well, if some Republican asshole governor is going to like fight the mandate, like I'm not going to like stop him, you know, but I'm also like not going to become a fucking Republican just because of that one thing. But like, there's just such a gap, I feel like, on the overall, like, American left to making space for people that are, like, even, even though, like, when I talk to people individually, I think they're they're much more ambivalent or even hostile to, like, the mandate thing. But when you get out in any kind of public space or, like, online. Well, but we forget that, like, all of the figures who like you would say as like the sus lords of like all this like Fauci and like even Biden and Kamala they all said like that a mandate is something that we wouldn't want to have to consider you know like that a, man a mandate used to be like 
beyond the Paul, you know, like we, Oh yeah. They all said they like, wouldn't w- do hopefully it. Hopefully it wouldn't come to that. Yeah. Like exactly. Like, we, you know, or, yeah, or it that it that. was, it would never come to that. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they didn't even say, hopefully it won't come to that. That was Which like, indicates not really on the, to me that that was maybe on the, the table. The vaccines don't work very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it's I mean, like, they that's not allowed to be talked about. Yeah. But like, you know, that's a whole other issue. But I also do feel like, you know, again, it's like riding a car and riding a motorcycle. You know, there's some risk involved, like in both. I do think that I am going to like stick to my uh, position that got me in trouble on our COVID episode that like, you know, even though the vaccine can have bad side effects and like there are, you know, and I again, like think that it should be your right to like not take it if you don't want to like that, you know, I don't think that you should be forced to like through whatever means are being contemplated, like, or, you know, lose your job or whatever, like, uh, you know, and I don't think like, you know, I don't kind of believe the sort of social, uh, mis- like the mysticism, like around it of like, you know, uh, it doesn't like quite make sense because obviously the vaccines themselves like don't prevent transmission. So like, it, you know, but whatever, like, I do think that the vaccines like aren't, you know, the virus and the vaccines are like both have a potential of danger. I think that the vaccines aren't really like, you know, unless there's an Alex Jones type time bomb leaving that on the table. I like, just don't, I'm not speaking. comfortable saying either way. The, the fact is I don't know and I don't trust yeah, that we don't if there know was a thing that Alex they would Jones tell us bomb. because this whole process yeah. is so fucking rigged and like controlled by big pharma and Fauci is like the J. Edgar Hoover of public health. Like he's bulletproof and like nobody, nobody can fire him. And he set up so much of the ecosystem like the NIH that like has defined the last 30 years and that takes you down a whole nother rabbit hole but like of of just like like capitalist medicine and like the nightmares it is like generated and uh i'm sure we'll, we'll circle back and like dig deeper into it i just think that it's like you hate to see that uh, maybe this is a last ditch like there's nothing else really like they've blown their credibility the black hammer org like on the left so now like for a grifter slash cointel guy like the last play you can make is just like team up with gavin mckinnis and like the reactionaries and kind of like you could see them i don't know like i don't know who's gonna follow him or like i think he's just getting dragged for doing it well it's i think that kind of happened after like again like going back to his barb roots or present uh i think it was Mm -hmm. kind of inspired partially by Nicki minaj uh you know true sort of, uh, uh, yeah once and, a stan always a stan yeah, and i mean exactly. i think i thought it was kind of fucked up that uh Nicki minaj got like attacked so hard and like you know mm-hmm. uh is she has the right to say that her like friend's cousin <laughs> like you know had swollen balls like that's actually a side effect like that does happen not like all the time but like that is a is possible it? side effect of a vaccine <laughs> so like like, that's the thing. Um, it's like people are so resistant to just like, yeah, it doesn't you can still make a risk calculation. But like to just deny that it's all good. Like we have the fact that I, I'm not going to defend Fauci like uh, from like Ghazi and like Gavin McInnes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to get sucked into that. Yeah. As, as mm-hmm. sus as it is that they're teaming up to like fight Fauci. I'm just standing in the like, I don't like Fauci for classic um like for profit healthcare. It fucking sucks. Like what everybody believed two years ago you know when like bernie was running everybody remember how everybody was against big pharma and the insurance companies and wanted to remake the healthcare system well we didn't do that and now the healthcare system has like immensely expanded its control over like our social and economic and like Mm -hmm. personal lives to like a staggering degree 
and everyone's just like, yeah, well, I think we just trust the science. And like, it's not political. Fauci, look at him. He's not political. He's just like, a, he's wearing his little white robe. He just believes the, the facts, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, you know. Yes. And uh, I mean, I think that there's like a lot of susness on that end. But I also like. Do I feel like not only like is the reaction like astro like you know the is the sort of anti uh, vax movement like full of astroturfing, but I think that like there like that astroturfing also cultivates like a lot of bullshit like information. Like I think that like I think that there's something like you know this is separate from the Black Hammer issue, but I do feel like that there's something about like the the dialectic of you know having like i think that i mean it makes sense in a way that like the in order for the mandate to be necessary you need that dug-in population that thinks they're gonna die of the vaccine i don't think that's generally true of course like maybe like in a rare case you can die of the vaccine like i'm not saying that you can't and like if you're afraid of that like whether rationally or irrationally i think that that is up to you like whether you take the vaccine not die but like, like all kinds of things that could happen to you yeah exactly all kinds of bad things could happen to you but i think that like the fear of the vaccine which like does exist like for both legitimate very legitimate and like you know less legitimate reasons like already i think that there was that was deliberately cultivated like in order to get to this point um you know, that's like you my think they wanted suspicion. a certain amount of the population to like dig in their heels and be like, no. And then I think that that was good. They, I think they knew them. that was going to happen already. Yeah. I think that they wanted it to happen more. I think that they like certain people like, yeah, like as sort of like a dialectical strategy, it was encouraged. And like, you know, a lot of stuff like, you know, I definitely don't think that, like it, and different groups were targeted. You know, the new age people got that it's going to steal your soul you know, the other people got that it's going to, you know, like Alex Jones got like five years down the line. You're going to like just suddenly die or whatever. Like other people, yeah. different people. Which like is probably group. more grounded. But like, I think he's, I mean, he's definitely a little, more grounded than, he's a, uh, he's than a, a little like over, stealing your soul. Like, well, yeah, very little is less grounded than uh, or, you that, know, the, the microchip, the most obvious like shit code idea that like, oh, you think you use a microchip in there? It's like, no, I think I might get myocarditis, you fucking asshole. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah, like that, I mean, it that's has, not, it has a dual it has a dual yeah. use of yeah, like being does. a shit code, but also like. You know, when people do think that, like they think it's the mark of the beast, like they're no way they're going to take it. Like the more that people think that, like, you know, the more likely it is that there will have to be like a mandate for vaccines. And then yeah. like you might be onto something so with like the strategy of tension. Kind of and I also think like, well, one of the things that really sort of helped bring me around to that way of thinking was what we read during our episode recently about this, where it was that article again, it was like about chickens, like, you know, so this is just like, I'm not, I'm playing fast and loose with virology. I'm not an expert, but it was like about the nature of like leaky vaccines Yeah, exactly. and like how, you know, when you have a population that is partially vaccinated and partially not that like actually can per like, uh, you know, uh, it can perpetuate a bad pandemic for longer, you know, yeah. because rather than like just everyone dying because there's no vaccine or everyone being vaccinated, like, you know, so it's more mild. It's like, you know, in between. And then as a result, you know, or everyone developing natural immunity or whatever, because there's no vaccine, whatever you want to say, True, like or uh, having one or the other is better at letting making a pandemic end maybe than 
well, like, yeah. you know, or like, well, like that, the, uh, the severity of it. Well, exactly. It. I, I think that's yeah. definitely a possibility for sure. Because what you see right now is like, vac- like, like coronavirus cases are like highest in states with like the highest vaccination exactly, rates yeah. and, and that's in something countries else I've as noticed well too like rhode island has a super high rate because you have the new england like you know uh outskirts contingent yeah and then you have like the super you know like quadruple uh, boosted city population bostonians yeah exactly yeah. uh so and and know, yeah, yeah i think that the, the there does make like science it sounds like to my dumb brain like it makes scientific sense that if you have a vaccine that like prevents like serious illness but like allows transmission then it's just like a a battleground for the vaccine or for the virus to test out like uh it's you know uh yeah, ways to evade the, the immunity don't have it to whom it will you know again this is something that i got like a little bit of pushback on like maybe i'm wrong maybe people who are vaccinated will be more susceptible somehow but i think it's also a possibility that like the people who are unvaccinated will be more susceptible to the virus that is being carried around and even like, you know, mutating within or changing in response to the people who are vaccinated. Like I wouldn't but, I wouldn't be super shocked if the narrative like went that way after a little while. Because yeah. um, because um, well, because the other aspect well, I mean, is I've like, already seen people starting to say like the whole idea of the pandemic of the unvaccinated like is not true i heard a motherfucker on oh well that's good if they say that because that is like a lie uh i also heard some but they they might be replacing it with something worse i literally heard some like serious scientist on like one of the cable news networks the other day say uh you know look look this is really a uh, this is really now a pandemic of the under vaccinated you know Uh, basically saying that uh if you, you got those two shots it's not enough anymore so i think that we might have to start aiming the blame cannon at you guys now you little assholes who got the two shots but you don't feel like signing up for more now you're gonna get the shit now after thinking you were safe all year and i feel like that's gonna piss off a lot more people the people that got yeah. two and it's like, well, it's kind of on you that your product fucking sucks at bare minimum. It doesn't do what everyone promised it would do like Fauci at yes. all at the beginning of the year that like we don't know for sure, but we think it'll block many, transmission. Yeah, as but I've, if you talk yeah, to as it, I and, put it, you know, I've tried to avoid saying broken promises to people when I've been kind of expressing these ideas. What I've come up with is a uh, walked back assurances, <laughs> uh, but there were a lot of walked back assurances that were yes. that were given for sure. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And, and if you talk yeah, to like, but, big city oh, libs like people that are listening to npr every day like i i've sort of noticed this anecdotally and like in the press there's still a strong feeling that like people have said with utter conviction to me like no dude like you got to get vaccinated because like you got to get boosted because like it blocks transmission and you're like no it doesn't and nobody's saying it does but ever everyone acts like it does but if you actually listen to the real words they're saying they're saying it doesn't and if you look at the statistics like I think there was a study either in Germany or England from July to like November. And I believe at the time they started tracking, you know, it was like halfway through the the vaccine drive. They were like, I don't know, 10 percent of the people in the hospital were vaccinated who had like covid cases. And by November, it was 89 percent. So how the hell is that a pandemic of like the unvaccinated? Clearly they're spreading it to each other, right? They couldn't all be getting infected by like that evil, you know, 20% that's running around. Like, but that's what people think because there, I think there's been a uh, an influence, a psychological influence campaign that is like very 
maybe it's just super overwhelming. Yeah, even the AP, like just today, is saying questioning a catchphrase, pandemic of the unvaccinated. They're trying to walk back uh, the idea of the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. We should not partition them as an exclusive problem. They're stigmatized the unvaccinated. We can say that the virus has reemerged in the southern United States primarily among unvaccinated people, but it doesn't mean we have to blame the unvaccinated. Blah, blah. The unvaccinated have an opposition towards Washington. And the more you stir the opposition, the more it convinces them. I'm not going to give them these people, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, uh, they said something about them. how there's also like vaccinated breakthrough cases. Like yeah, they, they, are, they like, don't yeah. publish those up front on the big ticker on CNN. Like they they just all they have to do is just like lightly conceal a lot of information. And it gives an absolutely warped like interpretation yeah the only real claim is is that the vaccine like protects you from getting it like really badly it definitely doesn't prevent transmission it doesn't really even prevent you getting it because some people do prevent do get covid with the vaccine i mean that's why that's what a breakthrough case is you still have to mask up otherwise that would really not make any sense so I mean, yeah, that I, is the I've claim, which I think probably that have had that is true, them. but it's definitely not as effective as they promised. And certainly the result of like, you know, I mean, we just didn't see at all what we were like, what we were, were told or what was suggested would happen after this vaccine was generated. And like, I, you know, I think that there's many factors in, in that, but also like, you know, it's just that the vaccine's effectiveness like isn't what was promised either. Maybe she's wrong. For access to the full-length episode, subscribe to the Hour of Frequency at patreon.com slash subliminal jihad. Ain't on me! Losing your cool. Take her home, brother! Stop acting a fool! Control yourself! Don't jump to conclusion! Don't make it worse on us! Don't lose your cool! We have pride, and we have culture. Take it from me, brother. You're somebody too. A man is born one after the other. His days on earth are few and filled with trouble. Wait, why don't you listen to what I have to say? You're gonna need this. Advice someday Do what you ought to do A tree is known by the fruit Watch yourself Don't